episode 178, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., season 4, episode 10, The Patriot. Welcome to level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello and welcome to Welcome to Level 7. I'm Ben, Ben Avery. I'm a Marvel fan who likes to talk about Marvel stuff. And this is Marvel stuff. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Episode 10. The Patriot. Yay. I'm here to talk about The Patriot with two other agents. I'm going to throw it over to you guys and see who pipes up first. It's Agent Stu from the UPA. Got, I don't have any passes this time. Sorry, guys. There, Sorry. I, I appreciate your initiative, though. I appreciate your initiative. And Agent Samantha from the NC. And I appreciate your caution and and holding back and not not <laughs> jumping. <laughs> you know, I've been taking management, uh, not classes, but learning about management. You know, you gotta you gotta encourage people. You know, and and look for their strengths and. Yeah, so you passed the test, both of you, even though you both did the exact opposite thing. So. Well, patience can be a strength. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. But basically, I've been trying to figure out my management style by watching uh, Director Mace on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, you know, I'm not giving you guys colors right now, but, you know, I'm, I'm le- we're learning to trust each other and the team that trusts together. <laughs> Right? Don't, 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 don't say what? it, don't say it. All right, all right, I, I won't. Um, so we're here to talk about the Patriot, guys. Mace-centric yeah. episode. And, Woo! yeah, sorry, Samantha. <laughs> but you, yeah. you got to talk about a Mace a lot. <laughs> Haters well, got to I... hate. <laughs> Macers got a Mace? What? Something no, I don't wait. know. <laughs> yeah, we... <laughs> Yeah, uh. <laughs> I don't. Maybe on that note, we should move on. But yeah, let's let's do some. Let's talk about some news. There seems to be a long list, so we'll do that. Get that out of the way. Not let's not park too much on anything here. We'll we'll just we'll just no. get into it. But and then we'll get into the the episode itself. So let's let's uh, play the sounder. Shield intelligence report. All right, information officer, agent. Stuart, Agent Lestu, what do you got for us, man? What do you All got? All right. All right. So uh, a couple of movies, a couple of Defenders. You know I'm good for the Defenders. And then a couple of political things. So let's All start right. with the Yeah, let's start there. Uh, Black Panther is going to have a flashback to the early 90s. And when I think of flashbacks, I don't think of to the early 90s because that's when I was a kid. Because <laughs> that can't be a flashback now, can it? Um it, uh, yeah, so they're going to flash back to the 90s. Of course, we don't know a whole lot about it, uh, except that's probably going to be in California. Um, the Black Panther went to school in at uh, Premier Ivy League schools, so that's where he would have gone to school. Um, I think uh, uh, somewhere in California. All okay. right. Oh, go ahead. Well, we always like the, what... the flashbacks to get to see the MCU in different time yeah. periods. and Yeah, uh-huh. very cool. Yeah, and 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 I also found this little nugget of goodness. Um, they're casting a bus 
They're, they're holding open casting calls for a bus. Now, if you've ever seen Speed, I th- when I clicked on this link, the first thing I thought of was the Speed bus. Because um, that's that that's was the 90s. 90s. Yep, there we are. <laughs> that was the 90s. Um, so that, that's kind of fun. Um, and we can put links, the, the we can put those links in the show notes. Yeah, we will. And by we, it means me. Yes. <laughs> but you made this nice list for me, so it's easy to do. So. And so for those keeping score at home, we now have yet another person who's going to be in Infinity War. Um, Nebula from the Guardians of the Galaxy, Karen Gillian, is going to be in Infinity War. Who isn't? That's right. Kingpin isn't going to be in the Infinity War. So there you go. You can, uh, you can mark your, uh, your, your score sheets at home. So a villain from the Netflix series is not going to be one of the heroes uh, standing up to fight in the Infinity War. I, I can live yes. with that. I can yes. live with that. I still would just like my, my single, at least a single shot to show some people in Hell's Kitchen, you know. Yeah, I, I, I hope that happens. We'll see. I we'll really see. I hope that happens. They keep, see, they keep saying okay. they keep saying nothing. You know, like yes. people keep <laughs> asking the question and the answer is always, look, we, we even if we're doing that, we can't tell you. Right. Like, and, and <laughs> so since, I kind of wonder why people keep asking. I really do. Because but. they're hoping this will be the time. Right. I'll be the guy. I'll be the one who breaks the story. No, no and you're, I kind of feel like Feige and Loeb are a little bit better than that. <laughs> and probably a little bit tired of it, too. Yeah, that's really true, too. That's probably true, too. But speaking of the one shot, speaking of the one shot of the guys in Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, yeah. In Hell's Kitchen, um, the Defenders has a cast photo, Entertainment Weekly did their they're on the cover and it's pretty fantastic um and if you're looking at this thing and ben are you have you seen this cast photo yet? i have seen the cast photo yes okay did you notice that they're sitting on the back of a truck and on top of the truck at the very top of the truck where a license plate might be or some sort of identification number of the truck did uh-huh. you notice that yeah you know why because there was a headline that said look at this Right. So I did, right. and sure enough, whoa, there it was, right where they told me to look. Right. I'm so good right. at this. Good. Well, you know, <laughs> you, you do well. You do well. Um, so what is that for those listeners at home? It's the number 616, which is, as we have talked about before, you have the MCU universe, which is all the movie stuff, and it has a number designation that's like 199999, something like that. And then you have the designation 616. That is the universe where all of the comic book stuff is taking place. And it's been referenced in the MCU before. Uh, it was uh, the flight number for, uh, I can't remember exactly what episode, but in, in one of our, our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episodes when, I believe it was back on the bus. I think it might have been the pilot. It, it may have be been. To completely honest, I think it was the first episode. Yeah. So anyway, that that number is significant because of that. But I don't think it's I don't think it's any kind of secret message other than to say, hey, look at here. We needed a number on this truck and we put the number six one six. But yeah, but someone else I know was looking at some stuff on this picture. Uh, we were just talking about someone who could. Oh, it, I mean, Agent Samantha, you were looking at this picture and found something that if it's not significant, it's at least interesting. Oh, yes. On the right side of the photo, there's a sign for a restaurant, and it's called New Mandarin Court, which in the MCU, we have the Mandarin as a villain. Um, so it m- 
But I also looked it up. This is also a real restaurant in Chinatown, New York City. Uh, so there's question. Maybe it's a hint towards another kind of villain. Maybe not. Maybe it's just the street picture that they took the photo. Um, <laughs> so you can figure that out for yourself. Yeah. Now, now, there was one other bit of interesting tidbit of news that you found. What was that, Samantha? About the Foursquare listing. Oh, oh, uh, just it just happens to be on the Foursquare that um, the very first picture that was uploaded for this new man- Mandarin restaurant, the first person that posted the photo, her name is Jessica J. Dot. <laughs> just J the initial. So it, it's just a coincidence, but I thought that was funny. It is kind of cool. I don't know. I don't know. Hashtag it's all connected. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, I, I think hashtag it's all connected tends to be more towards the story stuff and less towards like a real reality person <laughs> from a couple years ago posting a picture or whatever. <laughs> so I don't but know. That's just me. That's just me. I might I might be wrong. I, I might be wrong. Well, so. speaking of. Speaking of uh, Jeff Loeb and it's all connected. Hey, uh, nice really segue. Seg- no, no, was he, it a good one? Okay. It was a good I'll one. Go he, he's it. the guy who kept saying that. Yeah. All right, all right. Um, own it, Stuart. Part, own it. I own it. Say it with confidence, right, Daniel? <laughs> yep. Uh, so I found this article on Blaster uh, a couple of days ago that it, somebody had asked Jeff Loeb about Agent Carter specifically, and they were lamenting it as many a host on this show has and many a fan has. And Jeff Loeb came out and said, we didn't actually cancel it. We would have kept going with it. Um, It just wasn't working with ABC and the numbers. Um, And that is interesting to me uh, as far as what ABC has plans for the future, um, how tentative those plans are. I mean, we know this is TV and we know um, it can go, sideways real quick and before you before you blink so um at the end of the day it's still it's still numbers game but the nice thing about that is they liked agent carter they wanted to do something with agent carter they wanted to keep going so who knows hashtag it's all connected right hashtag hopefully it's all connected yeah hopefully it's all completed let's put it that way yeah, that's a good way yeah. to put it. Yeah. I I'm want closure. Hoping, oh, I was going to say, I'm still hoping that in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. we still get like a flashback episode that in, that intertangles a story from Agent Carter to the present. Yeah. In some I mean, ways. They, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, unless that's that's the place to do it, um, unless there's another Cap movie coming out that we you know haven't really known about or anything but it would be on it would be on agents of shield yeah and and what would be a little bit of of a full circle because was it season two yeah season two the first episode of of agents of shield had those flashbacks to Mm -hmm. uh peggy with the howling commandos Mm -hmm. and so i mean there there could be some good nice circular storytelling and People who who know me and who have talked about story stuff with me know I love the idea of circular storytelling, ending where you began and or ending in a new place that's similar to where you began. And so, yeah, I would I think it would be a disservice to what they did with Agent Carter 
to just let it be done where it is. And I also think it would be an, as as you're looking at all this stuff, it would be a, the only real hanging thread that they've left. Uh, I mean, if you look at all the movies and stuff, how, you know, they're, those are all like building towards something, building towards something and, and maybe not be as satisfying as what we're hoping for, but they all have some closure or they're continuing on mm-hmm. Netflix, you know, those series, they all, the way the seasons have worked out it, the season ends and you feel like there's some closure there. You want more, but there's satisfaction and mm-hmm. agent Carter, that, that cliffhanger is one of the few remaining things that, that they just haven't touched. And, it, and that it sounds like they aren't going to that and Thanos <laughs> is well, but apparently Thanos is going to be in a movie where every, I, mean, I won't believe it until I see it, man. I mean, <laughs> the way that they've been teasing Thanos, right. I wouldn't be surprised at all. If infinity war, he just at the end, the post credit scene is, well, I missed that, that battle. <laughs> <laughs> Well, here I am. Oops, where'd everybody go? Okay, well, I'll just go ahead and and I'll say something vague about something else I want to do that I don't get around to. Well, but okay, I don't want to get off on a tangent. Uh, But I thought that 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 movie was supposed to be two movies, and so they condensed it to one movie, and so it's very possible he's going to be at the end of it going, "Well, here I am." You fought the war without me. Yeah, great. Now you're all weak. And so I can come in and tease the next movie for you. Awesome. That'll be out in a year <laughs> from then, not from now. It's like yeah. four years from now, right? All uh, right. So speak- one more thing. Speaking of tyrants, uh, Marvel's <laughs> going to get a new president. And and this guy actually sounds pretty awesome. Um, this is the political it, one that you're talking this about. Is the right? political yeah, one, we're yes. not talking so actual pil- politics. And you're saying, wait, he actually looks good. That's not fair. I was trying to connect it to. Yeah. Thanos. You're trying to do the uh, whole segue thing. Didn't work out real well on that one. Yeah. Trust me to screw up the segue. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no worries. Uh, uh, you, so, you didn't do anything to the segue, Samantha. Okay. No, I, I crashed and burned that one all on my own. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Uh, so a gentleman by the name of Dan Buckley has been with Marvel since 2003 um, and is responsible for a lot of their awesome things like Civil War, Secret Avengers, um, no Secret Warriors, I'm sorry, but they're, but they're big year-long, you know, tentpole Marvel comic series is now the new president of entertainment over there at the, at the old Marvel. Um, and this guy is responsible for for lots of stuff. He's the one who brought Jeff Loeb in. He's the one who, you know, pushed Marvel into doing animation. Um, Jeff Loeb being the, the TV guy. Um, basically everybody is going to answer directly to him except Mr. Feige. Except for, yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm not really, I mean, I'm not a business kind of guy, so I'm not really sure why that is. The article noted it. So I note it. Um, I can only think that maybe he's, there's more money in the movies and there's more sort of things that they have to keep track of. I don't know. Yeah. I I think it really comes down to, he's the guy who interfaces with Disney and 
I mean, the, the buck stops with him on the movie side. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's it is kind of the well, there's Marvel over there and there's Marvel over here in the movies. <laughs> and, right. Yeah. I mean, certainly, certainly the movies are the most highest profile at this moment. Um, certainly the movies are bringing in the most money. <laughs> Right. I, right. I mean, I, and I, the, I, I, the, I can't, yeah, the comics, the comics and the TV and the cartoons and all that stuff that is IP protection. That is getting your IP out there and, and keeping it in front of people's eyeballs between the movies. Uh, and so it's important. It is definitely important to Disney's business plan and it's not, it's not completely discounted, but it is, you know, the, you know, what's wagging what it's, it's the Disney movies that are wagging the comics and cartoons and TV for sure. And, and to be fair, that's, I mean, that's what they wanted when that's, they started doing movies. Yeah. That's where the money is. And right. there is nothing wrong with that from a d- business standpoint. We could make lots and lots of conversations about the creative standpoint, but yeah. Right. So, well, that's all the news I got. So that's good. It's good. Talk about an episode. Awesome. Let's do it. Let's play the sounder for the field report. Yes. Yeah. And we'll get started. Mission report. All right. So the Patriot. (laughs) And I can't help laughing, but it's only so I don't cry. They did everything I hope they weren't going to do with mace <laughs> well not not everything they did about half of the things that i hope they weren't going to do with mace um in this episode wait mace is in this episode i thought this was <laughs> the movie from um from you know many years ago with mel gibson which movie no? would that be the, the the patriot oh i gotcha wow <laughs> i <laughs> you couldn't have thrown me a slower softball and <laughs> Wait, isn't there, also, isn't there also like a Tom Clancy, the Patriot? Patriot, Patriot Games. Game. Patriot, Patriot Games. Games. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Starring was, Harrison Ford. I could have sworn that there's a spy movie based on a book called The Patriot. There probably yeah, very, is. I mean, it, it's a it's a great yeah. it's a great name for a spy. So. Yeah. Or a not or a spy. superhero. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's get into it. <laughs> Let's get into it. I, <laughs> you know, I, my notes were not nearly as long on this episode. There is not a lot of just extra stuff going on. It's it's pretty, pretty s- straightforward. And so, yeah, let's go act by act, I guess. But let's start with the opening where a speech is being given by director Mace about Daisy Johnson and some of the good stuff she's done. And have you seen her gauntlets before? Were those new? Those shiny, cool superhero gauntlets? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she looked like a superhero when they, some of those long shots and you're looking at her just that little detail. She looked like a superhero, but anyway, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Someone, uh, uh, well, first, there's Chekhov's briefcase. They mm-hmm. they put it on the wall, and Talbot and Burroughs are passing a briefcase back and forth. Mac and Colson, who are working security, notice it. Uh, Daisy 
notices a sniper because Mac and Colson notice that the agent who is up on the roof across the street is not there anymore. And the sniper fires an explosive bullet, which hits the podium behind uh, which um, Mace is standing. Mace takes the podium, throws it, it blows up. Daisy goes after the shooter. Burroughs, Agent Burroughs, reminds Mace that he's on the clock and then takes off to the Quinjet while Daisy takes down the shooter. And on the Quinjet, we have Mac, Colson, Burroughs, the pilot, and Mace. And like I said, Daisy takes down the shooter. So it's an exciting opening. It's yeah, yes. It's superhero e. That's nice. It's good. We got to re- we got the return of the stash. I mean, Daniel will be very excited about this yes. when he finally sees it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the stash is and back. There's and a connection to to a certain Netflix series. Yes, there is. anyone? Yes, Judas oh. Bullets. Oh, is that what that was? Oh, I, I mean, it wasn't specifically called out, but I feel like it was because weren't the Judas Bullets, um, uh, revolving? So they would shoot, and then they'd kind of burrow in, and and yeah. then. They That's they shoot the... they shoot they penetrate and then they blow they up explode. yeah mm-hmm. oh. I feel like that's that's <laughs> really what happened with those things so um that was really uh that's interesting I mean I don't think it'll ever get talked about again but it's an interesting like I want them to keep doing those things yeah yeah that's a great little detail because it would make sense that you would go after a super powered individual with that mm-hmm. kind of a, a armament. Huh. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. I'd also like to take a moment to note Mac in a suit. Very nice. Uh, This is jumping (laughs) ahead, but Mac, Coulson, and Mace walking through the woods in their suits. All three of them, but Mac, you don't see him that often in a suit. No, you don't. You don't. And... Yeah, you, I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna say that, that was a detail I missed. So <laughs> good, thank you, thank you. Um, I appreciate you catching that. No, he's he he's a handsome man, a very handsome man, yes. and he wears the suit nicely. That is true. Much nicer I, than I could wear the suit. <laughs> I'll I will I will second that. I mean, not to say that you can't wear a suit nice. I'm saying that I'm not a good suit wear type guy. Yeah, how dare you, Stuart? You don't know me. <laughs> Oh, come on. I can tell you, any man, you put him into a suit, he looks very nice. Well, I don't own a suit, is is the thing. <laughs> oh. I, I need to on the, just the general possibility of having to uh, do something at a funeral in my role as, as a pastor. <laughs> that might be a good thing for me to have, but I haven't had to do that because yeah. most of the people I work with are children. And I've only had to deal with one funeral since I started. So that's actually a really good thing. So... Okay. Yes. Yes. No, I wear flannel shirts a lot, not suits. So, which is the suit okay. of the UP? So there sure. you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the uh, not to put us back on the rails or anything, but the um, the interplay with Mac and Colson and talking about Girl Scout cookies in the briefcase that was really interesting. And then mm-hmm. sort of like Colson looking around and everybody just catches it with glances. I really liked the way that was shot. I really liked the way that was edited um, and just in general put together. 
Um, it really made a good... I mean, like, we've known these characters for four years now. We know that they're going to be working together as a team, and that just reinforced that. So, absolutely, to the director. Absolutely. Yes. And this is Coulson that I like. Yeah, You know, I mean, this is... Sure, he's gone through all that stuff. And mm-hmm. sure, he's a different guy. But, you know, I he's saying the things in the way that's like, you know what? He's back to that guy that I'd love to just sit down with this guy and, um, you know, talk shop, even though shop for him is a lot different than shop for me, but (laughs) he reminds, I mean, this, this act, absolutely. This scene, this interplay reminded me of a funny thing happened on the way to Thor's hammer. Absolutely. Where he's just like buying the Twinkies at the very end of that. It was fantastic. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's, let's just put a pin that, you know, um, Colson, uh, when, when Colson is at, at his best is when he is out on a mission on assignment. Yeah. So let's just put a pin in that for later in this episode. All right, you can put the pin there, but I might forget about it, so you're going to have to remember the pin. <laughs> so I will. Okay, good. All right, Act 1. Simmons finds out that people are working on Ada's head, and she's not happy about people working on the murderous AI robot. Talbert, not Talbert, Talbot comes in, the stash, and starts giving orders. And giving orders to May, giving orders to Simmons, giving orders to Daisy, basically. Oh, because we didn't talk about how the, the Quinjet crashed. Like, was that in the, was that in the teaser? Well, what's going on? No, he's giving, you're right. He, it has not happened yet. That happens at the end of this act. He's giving orders now because of the assassination attempt and they are sending, uh, they're going to a safe house. That's, that's where, where, uh, Mace is they're they're still on their way. So Radcliffe and Fitz are discussing the situation about Ada and then Radcliffe he confides in Ada and Ada is totally working with Radcliffe and he is so worried now because May does not know that she's a robot and the slightest miscalculation could reveal her true nature. So we've got some interesting tension there. And then we have the interrogation of the failed assassin, except he says, we didn't fail. Phase one only had a 13% chance of success, meaning there is a phase two. And this is where we get into the Quinjet with Burroughs and the side blows out of the Quinjet and Burroughs with the briefcase goes out the side of the Quinjet because he didn't have an inflatable raft to put or a parachute parachute would also be nice but yes you know they they didn't have an inflatable raft to plug the hole yeah well you know that's you should always have that it should be standard issue by this now by this point with with shield agents uh (laughs) which boy again we're we're going back deep with some of these episodes but yeah um that was a ridiculous moment probably (laughs) or or less said about that raft moment. to sail down into a river and then go <laughs> on a whitewater raft <laughs> and yeah. end up in a nice little Hindu village. Another ridiculous moment. <laughs> oh man. 
Yeah, it's a good thing they made. It's a good thing they made uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull so that something else could be the worst Indiana Jones movie. Oh. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. But let's talk so, Agents of Shield. <laughs> you, you missed you missed one of the most important orders that Talbot gave, which In was fact, the most important order. He ordered the guy with the moppy hair to get him a. <laughs> Latte with French vanilla. Was it French vanilla? I think it was French vanilla. So I I thought for sure that guy was going to come back as like a, a, a something. <laughs> that guy's something hair, man. That guy's yeah. hair. Good grief. Yeah. But he's gone. He's 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 done now. So. <laughs> I wonder if there's a joke there, and that guy with the moppy hair is actually a production assistant on Agents of Shield. There might be maybe in the the director's uh, commentary on the DVDs. Right. Maybe we'll get maybe. an answer to that. But yeah, so Ada's <laughs> head—that's going to go well. Well, it always. Yeah. I mean, anytime there's a robot without a a head without a body or a body without a head, I mean, it's just bunnies and and slippers right there. So. I think they used it well later on in the episode, though. Yes. Twice, actually. There's there's two moments with this head that it gets used well. Yeah, but here's the thing with Simmons and Ada's head. Simmons, in the past, has worked a lot with things that have tried to attack them, and she takes them and helps to break them down and try to develop, develop some sort of defense against the thing that was fighting them. And here she's like, I don't want to see this thing. I want to get it out of my sight. The problem is not Ada and what she just did. In the last episode, the problem with Ada is that it represents a secret that Fitz kept from her, from Simmons. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And it could be it could be read as just, I don't like this because it's a secret. You could also be read as even some jealousy. You know, because yeah. she hasn't brought it up too much, but there is an... A, there is definitely an element of this robot's very attractive. Yeah, but I think what's really bothering her more than this robot's attractive, and it can be programmed to do many, many things, uh, I think what's really bothering her is that Fitz didn't tell her about it up front. Which I think we can all agree was, was a pretty poor move on his part. Yeah. Guys, don't do that. I agrees with that, too. What? Yeah. I think Fitz agrees with that too. And I second Samantha's statement. Guys, don't build robots and not tell your girlfriends about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't keep secrets from your girlfriend. Especially oh. but especially if they're about murdering murder bots that are going to murder. Yes. Yeah. Uh, now, granted, he didn't know it was going to be a murdering murder bot. But once it started doing the murdering part, that's where you, you you definitely need to step back and say, okay, you're right, honey. There. Yeah. You're right. Well, her just her distaste of Ada came before Ada flipped out on anybody. She her distaste of Ada Simmons' distaste of Ada began when she found out about Ada. Yeah. Well, because there was it wasn't just a secret; it was a secret about something that was a breach of protocol, and there's a breach of trust. And I mean, there's all sorts of breaches going on here with right, that and, robot. And, right. And uh, Simmons is now one of the higher heads of S.H.I.E.L.D. right now. 
And she is going to use that information that she can get momentarily. So let's see. Anything else we're missing here? We have the interrogation going on with Talbot. Um, In the Quinjet thing. Again, you know, they're in the Quinjet. They're talking through what's this possibility? What's that possibility? Um, And Mace seems kind of competent even at this point. But he's not going to stay competent. Yeah. I mean, I've. Well, I'm going to say that for the next. For the next act. So okay. go ahead into the next act. So act two, they crash. Pilot's dead. He's been washed. I was I was waiting to yeah. to, to make that. Yeah. To, to note that. Oh. Yep. Mm. Too so, soon. Too soon. Yeah. So soon. they have to find Burroughs because we leave no man behind, according to Mace. Right. <sighs> Uh-huh. And already now at this point I'm just oh I know what's going on here. Um whoever came after them anticipated the protocols and that they were going to do this. The tech is all working but there is no connection. Dun, dun, dun. Meanwhile, Radcliffe checks in on May, real May, not Maybot, and they've put her in a peaceful environment. Radcliffe talks to Ada about how he has issues with termination. To which she says, my apologies, I only follow your directives. Meanwhile, Maybot right now is not aware of a mission to retrieve the Darkhold. And there's a whole bunch of plot exposition because it's plot exposition. It has to go somewhere. Uh, Talbert, Talbot, not Talbert, Talbot, Simmons, Daisy, and May are working out what to do because they can't find the Quinjet. He demands that they do some sort of sciency thing. And then he's going to continue with the uh, interrogation of the would-be assassin. And they're hoping that Mace can find the package for all our sake. Yeah. Yeah. So Mace, Mac, Coulson in the woods, scrambling around in their suits. They hear the (laughs) truck that's scrambling the signal, but they can't get distracted. We stick to the plan. We got to find that case. Fits and would you, mind, would you mind telling us what's in the case? Yeah, okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> That's okay. coming up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still like Mace. I do. I still like him. So <laughs> meanwhile, um Fitz and Simmons, they want you know, Fitz says, Hey, let's let's keep working on the whole Ada head thing with with you and me and together and you no. Know, and then he says, don't worry, we got our teammates out there, but we're going to find them because Daisy's back on the team and May's too stubborn to give up. Cut to May waking up. Real May, not Maybot. And she pulls everything off of her medical stuff and stuff out of her nose and stuff stuck to yeah. her skin. And then she goes and in her weakened state, ends up in battle against Ada and is lifted up by the neck. Mm. Uh, commercial. So, yeah, um, I was just reading about uh, pressure points because I I am starting to practice um, Aikido, which is a form of Japanese martial arts. And uh, we do use a lot of pressure points and right there under the neck. That's one of them. And it hurts like really bad. But it's May. She right. she works through the pain. Yeah, but when you have a 
an android holding you up by the neck and you're under a lot of pain, it's kind of hard to, especially an android who's taller taller than you and has longer limbs, it's kind of hard to fight back because you really can't reach out. See, that's but, but, it's funny because last time that happened to me, I had no problem. <laughs> <laughs> now, I wasn't in a weakened state, so that's, there's that's that. But but this is the cavalry. I mean, she can, she can fight anything. And she <laughs> does. I, I mean, she she fights through the chemicals that are holding her right. down. And I love the payoff. Oh. I saw the payoff coming as soon as they were talking about her being in a peaceful place. And then when she got out of this peaceful place, I was like, you know what? She got out of this peaceful place because that's not at all a place she wants to be. Right. <laughs> I was like, had yeah. they had they not talked to me? Yeah. I mean, because yeah. she doesn't like just you know a spa. <laughs> yeah, peaceful state is not her thing. I which I have other issues with the Maybot, which I will bring up later. I did wonder if you know <laughs> if they were going to say something about Tahiti. They didn't, and I'm glad they didn't. But for a moment, I wondered if they would. Yeah. So. Well, they wouldn't have any context to use the phrase Tahiti. No, no. But it did remind me of some of the things that went along yeah. with that. You know, putting her in a peaceful yeah. place and, and creating an environment for her to be in. Um, yeah, so let's let's park here a little bit on, on May and Ada and Radcliffe. And I just don't understand why they are keeping her. Is, I mean, the, the, the mission of the LMD is to be a shield. The mission of the LMD is to be put into danger so the person does not have to be. And that's something that they have given some time to this idea in the show, not just in the comic books. I'm curious. I mean, Radcliffe clearly does not approve of the death of the agent uh, who came to check in on on Ada and then found May. Um, you know, Ada did that to protect Radcliffe's secrets and she only follows his directives. Um, but at the same time, I'm just wondering, okay, so why are they keeping her? If it's not a nefarious plan, is it to protect her? Or if it is a nefarious plan, why not just kill her? You know, cause Maybot is there to get the Darkhold. That's why well, she's been sent in. I'm think thinking. That... Oh, go um, ahead. Go ahead, Samantha. Okay, I'm thinking that Ada's will is also Radcliffe's will, and right now he's not interested in killing anybody. I think if he ever did read the Darkhold, that would start to shift and change. Um, but right now, that's not something he's interested in. So, for him, possibly the the ideal end game is. He gets the dark hold. Maybot stays with him, and and May goes back to right, her. Right, but I cannot see how that's going to end well. None of this is going to end well. I mean, we've been waiting for. <laughs> well, we're yeah. just waiting to find out how. Where is this going to go to end not well? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I I also think that there's a, a an element of do gooder in in uh radcliffe i i don't know that he's he necessarily thinks he's a do-gooder although i suspect that but i think he's like going 
scientific process says in order for in order for the LMD program to be successful, I need to be able to put one in the field and not have anybody guess it. So he did that with Ada, but then he like got onto this dark hold idea, and now he wants the dark hold. But I still think that one of his goals is to put May bot into the field and have her not be noticed by everybody else and have that be a success and say, look, I did this. I'm exempt. I'm exonerated. I'm good. You know, look at me, go me. Um, I don't, I, I think he's going to lose his way because he's a character in a comic book story. But I think ultimately his idea was that he wanted to um, put somebody into the field, have them pass and, and be exonerated. And that's why May has to be alive because he's not going to kill May. <laughs> he's going to, you know, look, yeah. I did this. It yeah. worked out. But here's the thing, too. I'm beginning to wonder. The new Ada, she, uh, you know, her still being a computer, very logical thinking. I bet she's thinking that there's no point in keeping real May alive. Oh, Ada. Yeah. If. If May has to be killed to keep the secret, Ada would be okay with oh, it. Oh, yeah. Right. For sure. For sure. But Radcliffe's yeah. not okay with it. No, not yet. And so she, so far, is still kind of going along with his wishes. Um, and we'll see how after we get back from into Act 3. But before we do, let's talk about the briefcase. Mm. Has that briefcase mm. been – I mean, have we seen that before? No, no, but we haven't needed to. I mean, at, at this point, I know exactly what's going on. Yeah. And and we've already had things come up with, you know, Mace is lying about something and, and Simmons knows he's lying. You know, she doesn't know what he's lying about. Um, people know, you know, he's lying about being an inhuman or whatever. I mean, I've been waiting to see what is he really? Is he a robot? Mm-hmm. You know, there there was... That was one of my thoughts was maybe he's a robot. Maybe he is some sort of LMD. Uh, maybe he's, but as soon as this briefcase thing comes up and the way he's being so coy about what's in the briefcase and, you know, it's the MacGuffin, but why is it important? And his superpower is in the briefcase and yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> You because it's all this briefcase stuff is not a problem to me, except for the way he's handling it now, where he is trying so hard to keep it a secret, but it's it's at he's he, it's to the detriment of like okay Burroughs what's what's more important Burroughs or the briefcase well it's the briefcase it's the briefcase I mean he he's giving lip service to Burroughs but. You know, it's the briefcases after, and I don't like what he, the way he is going about this whole situation, um, because it's not getting played as desperate; it's getting played as kind of pathetic to me. Yeah, I mean, this is one huge issue I have with Mace's overall story so far is that we get all this buildup about him being a, um, a, you know, an inhuman. And then it comes down to he's been faking it all this time. I mean, I like interesting villains and or even interesting, just interesting characters overall. And this is really lame. 
I, I think this would work a thousand times better if we didn't have the briefcase. If this was just them, they're down, they have to escape. And he eventually is going to have to admit to Mac and Coulson that he doesn't have powers and maybe even have to admit why he doesn't have powers. But the whole briefcase thing just adds in this element. It's just, I, I don't like it. And I don't know if it's, I don't like it because of the way he's acting about it, or if I don't like it because I don't know what else I would not like it about, <laughs> but yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. 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 It's just kind of, no, it's not working for me. Yeah. Yeah, it was clumsy. At the at, clumsy, that's a good word clumsy. for it. That's a good word. Yeah. It's clumsy. It yeah. was clumsy filmmaking, um, and it was clumsy storytelling. Um, because some it, of the payoff toward the end, I like. It's mm-hmm. it's just this whole thing where it's all about the briefcase, and it really is all about bringing down Mace. Uh, and we'll get to it, but there's there's some moments where I'm just oh no. So you want to want to get into act three? Sure. All right. Yep. So May knew that the simulation was not real because it was a peaceful simulation. That's that's not her words, but that's what's going to come out of it. Uh, There's a fight. There's a fight. And then instead of killing her, there's a syringe and the syringe is used by Ada to stop May. Meanwhile, Maybot is sitting in Lola and has a uh, moment with with Daisy. And then we have our, our, our guys. They're on the trail of the briefcase. They find the briefcase. It's still attached to Burroughs until Burroughs' arm is no longer attached to Burroughs because the briefcase <laughs> oh. was handcuffed to Burroughs. And then you have the interrogation with with Talbot, and he says he's going to get a hammer um, because the assassin says the hammer shatters glass, but it hardens steel. And Thomas says, fine, I'll get a hammer. He goes and he rants to Fitzsimmons about the Cold War, how much better that was when you could, I guess, really interrogate people. And they say, well, some of means and motives is all behind this. And then Simmons, as one of the top ranking people, because of the protocols that Talbot has put in place has information access now that she didn't have before access to something called project Patriot. And so instead of Simmons reading it out loud to everyone in the room, Talbot clears the room and comes clean. There's a reason director Mace is never too far away from that brief briefcase. Now we go back to our team Mace gets the briefcase and (laughs) fights for it a little bit, runs away with it. Mac and Coulson confused. What's he doing? And then they find out what he's doing. He's opening the briefcase, trying to get one of the um, injection things inside of it with some sort of chemical, but they get shot and then he gets shot. It looks like the way it's filmed, he gets shot in the butt, but he doesn't. It's just in the back of his leg underneath the butt. And he's left laying on the ground and they could not have made him look more ridiculous. They could not have made him look more pathetic. Um, Laying there 
powerless. Bullets are not bouncing off of him. They are definitely going into the flesh of his leg beneath his butt. So there's that Mm. commercial break. Where hopefully somewhere (laughs) there was a Depends commercial. Please just let that have been a thing. Man. Uh, I don't think this is the demographic for Depends commercials. I'm sorry. Oh, no. The other shows that I watch during the week are, though. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, my wife and I looked at each other one night and we said, what does it mean when the shows that we're sitting on to watch at 10 o'clock in the evening have commercials for um, reverse mortgages, uh, (laughs) insurance for uh, insurance for seniors and Depends? You watch a lot of CBS? No, no, it's it's those channels that are like they're playing all the classic mash right. and Frasier and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so what do you want to talk about from this act? We have the whole situation with May. We've talked about that. We've got Maybot sitting in Lola. We can talk about that though. Because I love that yeah. that that uh Daisy, I almost called her Sky, asks uh, if Coulson let her touch it, Lola, because that goes back to like the teaser for this entire show. That's another yeah. callback. Yeah. I love that. And then ask, did you ever drive her? And then sits down with May and May, Maybot. the way she says this, I mean, she's, she's t- talking about how she's had this feeling that something's off, but she says, I remember this one image in my head of me sitting with Coulson and he has a mustache and, um, and he let me drive her, but told me not to tell anyone. And the way she says that, I remember this one image in my head. It just, it's an awkward phrase and and it's an intentionally awkward phrase. This, This is not a bad thing. When I say it's awkward, this is a robot with programmed memories and she feels that something is off. There's some interesting stuff going on here with Maybot, and I'm liking what they're doing with Maybot much more than I thought that, that I was going to. Yeah. yeah. Though I do, I do totally believe that if, if Coulson was going to toss his, the keys to Lola to anybody, it would be May. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, right. first of all, he trusts her, and second of all, he trusts her. <laughs> And the, yes. team, right. the team that trusts is never mind. <laughs> um, but it was nice to see uh, Daisy and May maybe not be exactly the same as they were, but definitely in that same time. I mean, the familiar place again, the family place again. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Has. Talbot's characterization changed. Was he always this hardened kind of caricature of a general? This is the way I remember him. Yeah. Making up metaphors. And I think so. I think so. Okay. Because I was watching this last night and I looked at his suit and I'm like, he's a Brigadier general. Um, I, I don't know much about medals on suits, but I do know how to how to identify a general. And well, I was like, when did he get a promotion to general? Did I? Some, for, am I I'm forgetting it. 
Samantha, you read more way into that than I ever did. So good on you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think he's always been a general, though, I think. Yeah. Mm, Well, I'm also looking at his history and it's saying he was a major who was promoted to colonel. But it's in the MCU. It says nothing. I could be looking in the wrong place. But so far, I'm seeing only either major or colonel. And I only remember him as General Talbot. Okay. When we, when we talk about the stash, yeah. Okay. But well, I, I might be wrong, but that's that's all I remember. What I maybe, thought was, oh, go ahead, Samantha. I was going to say maybe just in the comic books, he's a major and then a colonel, and but only in the MCU, he's a general. It's possible. Yeah. What I was what I was reacting to was though he sounds very and and a lot more in the next act, but definitely in this act he sounds very um, cartoonish, a, a caricature of somebody who's impressive. You know, he if you put him next to uh, the general from the Incredible Hulk sort of thing, I mean, this guy's nothing. This guy's a joke. I. I but that's well, the way he's been played. That's that is the way he's been played. Yeah. Is he is he is competent, but a little bit of a caricature. And yeah, I mean, he's coming up with with goofy metaphors that, yeah, that, I mean, they're meant to be a joke. It, it, he takes himself way too seriously, and there is some depth to him, especially when we start seeing what he's doing, be, some of the stuff he's doing with his wife, as far mm-hmm. as trying to help her. When when that was a, a situation and but yeah this this is not at all unlike how I remember him being okay that's good because I, I one of the things that keeps a show relevant and good as time goes on is you know consistency in characters yeah. and so when you have one guy who comes in once a season twice a season something like that you want him to be consistent and i was a little worried that he wasn't they they could throw him in and be stupid one time and then the next season they could throw him in and be um very have him be very serious and very you know stern yeah i i think he's a guy who is serious takes himself very seriously to the point where he's kind of a joke because he takes himself so seriously to the point where he knows he's a little bit of a joke, but doesn't care because yeah. he's getting the job done. You know, I'm a guy who makes things happen. Right. And he I, I think there I can't remember which episode it was, but he was stuck with Colson in some sort of situation. Uh, you guys can probably remember better than me. Um, yeah, I and, think it was toward the end of last season. Yeah, I was. that's what I was thinking. It was sometime last season. And. Uh, he starts talking to the bad guys in one way, and at first he comes off as kind of an idiot. But then you realize, no, this was part of his master plan to have the bad guys and you know underestimate him. Yeah, That's and then he, he came out full force, and he was just really amazing. And the same kind of thing happens here, where and we'll get into it in the next act. But his interrogation is not working. But when he's working with Simmons. He's willing to let her do the job. Why? Because the job is getting done. Right. And he's he's not a fool. He may seem foolish, but he's not a fool. Yeah. Yeah. He's also not nearly as good as he thinks he is. But he is very, very good. So, 
Yeah. So Act Four, the new director we find out had to be enhanced. And that is what was going on with Talbot and his plan to have Mace be the new director because there was no enhanced person available that they could trust. So they made one. And we find out that this is actually based on Hyde's powers, Hyde's uh, formula, not Erskine's necessarily, but Hyde's. I, uh, I, I knew they were going to tie it in somehow, some way, at least loosely, to the super soldier serum that turned Steve Rogers into Captain America. But we find out that Mace... He his country called and he answered the call. And so that's why he's doing this. And they go to a ranger station where there's going to be a first aid kit. But more goons are coming after them. And these are not just goons. They are ex-Hydra goons. But speaking of ex-Hydra, Simmons is brought in to do the interrogation. And the guy says, what's this? And Talbot says, I told you I'd bring a hammer. And Simmons says, I'm good at what I do, but what I do isn't very nice. And what I do is interrogate people the way that Hydra taught me. And she opens up a cooler. And inside the cooler is a bloodied up head. Ada's head. And he talks. And we find out that they've been hired by the watchdogs. And so we now find out that Mace, the whole thing that happened in Vienna... Which that's we, we couldn't remember where that was, or I couldn't remember where that was last last week. That all was an accident. He tripped and fell and was in the right place at the right time when a picture was taken to make him look like he saved a lady. And so he is the poster child. He did you know it looked like he had done something superhuman. He looked like he could have been an inhuman. And so they juice him with these drugs. He has no powers right now. He is out of, I mean, it's, it's run its course through his system and the, uh, the vials have been shot. And so Coulson says, we're going to bluff this, man. You have no powers, but they don't know that. And that's what we're going into act five with. So again, without the briefcase, I would have been so much more on board with this. It was just like seeing his powers slowly drain away he admits to this terrible deep dark secret and Coulson's plan is still, you've got no powers, but they don't know that. Now they end up using the case later, but as another MacGuffin. Yeah. So did he only have two administerings of the soup of this, not super serum soldier, super soldier serum. There were two in the briefcase. And so my impression is that you, you take it, and and I think they might have like they had just given him one, and he was coming off the the end of that, and this was like you need this many to get through the day or something like that. Um, I just get the feeling yeah. that they're bringing this extra one along just in case they need it. They have one that's the next one they're going to give him. The other one is the extra just in case they can't get back to base or something like that. But yeah, yeah. I do have an issue with finding out the backstory of that photo. If I was in Mace's place, I would not want to have that photo in my office to remind me every day. 
that, you know, this was, and you know, it was just happening to be weird time, weird place that this photo was taken. And there was this whole story that was spun that was not the truth. Right. And I wouldn't want to see it every day. At and all. we're going to find out later that he kept trying to deflect it. And so it's not like, well, I, I'm not going to tell people the truth, but I don't want to talk about the lie. Is is the kind of the impression that I was getting from him, and that bothers me. I mean, that that does it's, knock him down character. a few, it knocks him down a few pegs for me, in, in the way that I liked him. He he is not irredeemable here at this point. He has not gone ward yet on me, but no. Um, but this this this, I thought he was a a good guy trying to do a the good thing, and and just really earnest about things, and you know this this takes it a little bit. You know, it's not even a gray thing where he's like, I was doing this so I could do some good. It was, well, <laughs> it kind of happened to me. So here I am. Oopsie. It's just inconsistent with human nature to have something in your office to remind you every day that's kind of embarrassing. Yes, except yeah. I, I, the one defense I would give to that is he is all about the image. He is the face. And so maybe before he didn't want that there, but now this is a part of this is a part of the narrative they are creating. And it needs to be front and center. You're right. I, I would not put that picture up. I wouldn't put that picture up if I was proud of the the moment. Uh yeah. I mean that uh, yeah. Because it, it's just it's kind of egocentric. Yeah. Yeah. But I think he'll have a chance to redeem himself. I, I th- hope so. I mean, the way things are play out in Act Five, I think I think we will see some re- I, redemption for the character. But I hope so because love him or hate him, this is actually just kind of sad. It is. It's they they are stripping this guy to just l- really low levels of patheticness. Yeah. But he does step out in front of all the bad guys. Yeah. So, and you got to, that moment actually kind of took me back to Captain America, the first movie, where you see Steve Rogers jump on that dummy grenade, and Mm -hmm. he does not know it's a dummy grenade. So, I mean, he does kind of muster up that Captain America spirit. Yeah, he provides a distraction by stepping out, and he, he he talks a good game here, where he's... He's saying, look, you guys, what's in here? You want it. And why don't you just, you know, how much will you give me for it? You know, and, and it's, it's, uh, what did they say it was the inhuman cure or something like that? I can't remember now what, it, what they were saying it was, but he, they were there after the briefcase. They didn't know what was in the briefcase, but they wanted it. And he's saying, Hey man, here it is. Let's deal. And then Mac blows up a truck. <laughs> And that allows uh, that that's the the uh, signal jamming and the signal is no longer being jammed. And so there's fights, there's guns being shot. The ranger's office is being shot up when that ranger gets back to his office, that poor guy. Um, <laughs> but you could have blamed Boo Boo and Yogi. Yeah. For sure. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as this is all happening. They're about to get taken, but an earthquake happens 
and Quake is there. Daisy enters. They start winning their battle. May and Mac go up against this really good fighter, but they make short work out of him. But not before May is thrown onto a table saw and the blade gets bent. So then... Now that's Maybot, I should say. Radcliffe, meanwhile, figures out how to keep May happy because the scene, it's too peaceful. Meanwhile, Fitz is downloading Ada's brain. The second On Ada. The, the Ada. Secretly. Yeah. Secretly. And then Simmons Onto come. his phone. Yeah, like, you know. How big a hard drive does that phone have? I know it's a secret. I know it's a special secret. It's a super phone. spy phone. Come on, man. Hey, my phone what? has 64 G, uh, gigabyte on it. Yeah, but you got to think Ada's brain is more than a couple of gigs. But it's a super spy device. I know, I know. So yeah. 128 gig? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. That, yep. That, that'll work. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, Fitz has the iPhone eight. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> He's beta testing it for Apple. Right. Yeah. They took the headphone jack out, and so they put a little couple of extra gigs in there, just just for personal space. So he has Ada on his phone. His plan is to, in a safe, uh, unconnected environment, to find out what's wrong with her programming. Um, and it's a little disturbing. I I like the moment though, where the head is just kind of powering down as thank you. Right. Thank mm-hmm. you. Not Fitz. What's Fitz's first name? Leopold or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Simmons, of course, does not know this is what's happening, but we get some nice little flirty moments and they're, they're having a nice little time together. Then we get Talbot, Talbot, Mace and Colson and Talbot defends himself. Well, the president tasked me with finding the next, Captain America. And you would think a spy would understand the need to keep a secret. And Mace and Coulson get the room together uh, alone. And Mace tells Coulson everything. Talks about the picture being an accident. That's what brought the offer. He's going to call a press conference and resign. And Coulson says, yeah, you lied, but you were good at it. And uh, you're going to stay director. But make no mistake, when it comes to operations, I'm calling the shots. And we get a really abrupt cut right after that. I'm like, wait, this scene feels like it should have gone on at least another half second of just them being there. But no, we, we cut to commercial and then we're going to go to the, co- the post credit. But we have a new normal. Colson's back in charge. He's not going to be up front in front of the cameras. Mace's- and that pen comes out. That's okay. what I wanted to get to. Yeah. All right. So let's let's talk let's talk there first. Then we talked a little bit about Ada and Fitz. We can go back to that if we want to, but let's let's talk about this situation here with, with Colson and Mace. First of all, where did Mace's suit come from? Because I don't remember them dragging all the pieces across the forest. In the briefcase. That's my Was guess. it in the briefcase? That's my guess. I, what else? What else? Is the briefcase larger on the inside? Is it the TARDIS? No, you had on is the... It, is it the briefcase from Fantastic Beasts? <laughs> or Mary Poppins. <laughs> or, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, the 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 uh, the vials with the injector things is in the top of it. And then the bottom part is, is the suit, I think. Okay. I wonder if it's like the Tony Stark 
you know, iron suit thing, right? Where oh, all he has to do is like press the cufflink and then it, you know, nanobots or something. No, it was neatly folded when Coulson handed it to him. <laughs> it was neatly folded. It was. I mean, that was it packed been well. It was packed well. Which I also have issue with Tony Stark's little wrist thing because that defies. That was first ridiculous. <laughs> that was ridiculous. Yeah. But it was cool. Yeah. But it's still used. <laughs> we live in a we live the MCU is in a world where, you know, there's big green guys and flying men. So. And one guy who keeps looking the same everywhere he goes. I'm yeah. talking about Stanley. Yeah. Yeah. But still, it it, it defies. I mean, I, they in the last season, they talked about, you know, you cannot create and just destroy matter something, you know. That they talked the about season. Newton's first law, and then you know, <laughs> and then there's you know it Iron was, Man over here. It was neatly folded. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh-huh. I'm, I, Iron Man's <laughs> glove gauntlet thing neatly folded. Right. And and <laughs> Patriots clothing here neatly folded. I was glad though. <laughs> Look, Coulson, I'm glad he's in charge. I, I'm yes. glad he's back mm-hmm. in charge. Um. I, I don't think there's anyone who is better suited to be in charge of operations and all that kind of thing. Uh, I, in some ways, I'm I'm surprised it's taken this long. But here is the moment that he needed to be able to say, okay, look, this is what the situation needs. And the situation does not need someone who is both the face of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the brain of S.H.I.E.L.D. And you are clearly not going to be cut out to be the brain of S.H.I.E.L.D. You were good for social media, but you're not great for actual day-to-day operations. So this works for me, but I want... It works for me too. I want Mace to be more redeemed and to have his opportunity to uh, prove himself and... Yeah. Be the Patriot. I think that they um, tore him down to build him up. Um, Because I, I, I think that he's redeemable i don't think he's a ward i don't think he's um even laughable like talbot i think that he's going to get his day in the sun and part of doing that is going to it's going to have to be honest and it's going to have to be true and i think the way it's going to be honest and true is if he doesn't have any secrets at least to colson who's uh, you know who's us we are colson we are colson i remember that we are colson he is us yep so at this point, you know, Mace is going to have to redeem himself and be redeemed, but he's going to do it because I I feel like that's a good thing. I don't think it's going to be a double switch. I don't think it's going to be a, a, you know, a bait and switch. No, I, I don't think so either. Unless they just leave it be, you know, I mean, but I, I don't think they'll do that either. I, I would love to see him be a legit superhero, you know, to be the Patriot, to be the next captain america uh we'll we'll see we'll see but well at least low rent tv captain america i think you are probably more accurate there but because falcon's gonna be the next captain america (laughs) well we'll just have to wait and see we'll just speaking of captain america we totally forgot to talk about the hand shield that's right that colson threw out there 
Yeah, and you know what? I just realized, why don't they do something like that for Quake? Because they could do that easily. Well, yeah, I mean, that could become, honestly, standard issue for mm-hmm. S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. Right. Like, it becomes a lot more literal <laughs> S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, but... I mean, you can well, for uh, someone who's not super powered or does not is not missing a hand, you could build that in a watch. Here's the thing: Coulson does this, and I'm thinking to myself, "Wait, what if they gave that to the Patriot? Mm. That he is then in the next Captain America." But. I did appreciate all the callbacks to the um, best Captain America movie that. You know the Erskine thing, and then the super super soldier serum. Can't I can't say that. Uh, so you know, there you go. So MCU Mace is poorly written, Captain America. Sure. Yeah. It's just I am just not thrilled about this twist in his story. I mean, as much as I dislike Mace, I think his character deserves a better story than this. I really do. I feel very strongly about this. I, and the funny thing is I feel the same way, but I don't think I feel as strongly as you do. And I like the character a lot more. So, Mm. but, um, it, it just, it's disappointing to me and hopefully it ends up being some good character development and, and that kind of thing later on. But for right now, it's just kind of, Oh man, that's not who I wanted him to be. But that's who the writers wanted him to be. So what can you do? Well, as long as Mace does not come between Fitzsimmons, which I am terrified that's the direction that they're heading in because they're putting tension between the two. Hey, Fitz Fitz has that Ada in his phone. (laughs) I mean, so so on that, does he just go? Instead of Siri, is he like, hey, Ada? Yeah. Oops, I mean, Siri. I mean, Siri. Simmons, I said Siri. (laughs) (laughs) And Simmons is like, no, no. I heard you. I have ears. (laughs) Well, we'll have to wait and see on that one, too. Yeah. So you ready to attack? Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, this is where I am terrified that they're headed for these characters. And... I don't want Fitz and Simmons to break up. I like them together. I think they're good for each other. They're made for each other. The MFEO. So, yeah. Yeah. For me, I could take it or leave it. I didn't want them to get together in the first place because I just wanted them to continue having a platonic friendship. And I feel the same way about May and Colson or Maybot and Colson, I guess. Yeah. um, I I just... Let them be friends. Let them be, you know, not brothers in arms because I guess, but siblings in arms or whatever, you know, and that's not necessarily what people want, but it's, you know, because I'm not people. I'm me. Yeah. Yeah. It's just television. I hate this. Every time they get two characters, you know, in the beginning of a series, they always build up tension to put these two characters together. And as soon as they do, they do everything they can to break them up. And it's like, what, you can't have them just be a really good, strong pair that when well, they're together, no, that they're even drama. stronger. Yeah, they yeah. want drama. I know. And it's, so and so this no, is where I'm, now I'm 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 fine with the status quo of Fitzsimmons being a couple. 
And yes, so now I'm on the that side of things where I'm saying, hey, well, let them just be a couple. Let them have, yeah. you know, and, and, and work well together. What's wrong with that? Uh, it's 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 done on every other show and it's cliche. That's my problem. Well, I think Fitzsimmons works here because, uh, you know, we've seen him be the puppy dog for so long. And then they finally got together, but only after she had been on another planet, <laughs> you know, and he jumped and so, through a portal. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. there's, there's good stuff that happened in the relationship. I was. I, I felt like it was a natural thing. Now, Coulson and May, I don't feel that's a natural thing at mm. all. I just mm. don't. I actually have something to say about that. Okay. So it looks like that there's been some flirting between Coulson and Maybot. Mm-hmm. If real May was there, she'd look at him like, like he was nuts if he started flirting with her. Because their relationship truly is a partnership, a brother-sister relationship. It's not a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship. And that I appreciate. And as soon as Real May gets there and Coulson starts acting weird around her, she's going to look at him like he's nuts. Well, well, we'll just have to wait and see on that. But one can only hope. And by one, I mean me. I hope. <laughs> so. Well, speaking of Maybot, you want to tackle the uh, post credit? Yep. Maybot discovers what lies beneath her skin. It's metal. So now mm -hmm. she knows she's a robot. And this is Radcliffe's fear. He has no way of knowing what's going on with her. He's been cut off from her. And he's afraid that this is going to happen. Basically, Radcliffe's dialogue in this episode was, don't kill people, Ada. Plot exposition. That's that's his dialogue. But, I mean, he, yeah. he pretty much spells out every possible thing that's going on with him. But... It does make for a nice moment here where Maybot discovers that she is not May. She is a robot. And who knows what's going to happen to her, what, she, what her reaction is going to be when she finds out. Yeah, it's, I, a, it's a cool thing to consider. Like, yes. I, I've seen some sci-fi movies where this has happened, where there's a double, a replacement, and they find out that they're a replacement. And you can go to some really neat places with it. And like I said earlier, they're going places with May that are far more interesting and exciting than I thought they were going to go. And where I thought they were going to go, I thought was going to be at least exciting, maybe not interesting, but yeah, this is, this is neat stuff. If they, if they go to some, some of the places that the potential is there for, oh yeah. I'm glad that they're mining a, uh, the, the, the story element of, or the storytelling device of, um, you know, fearing what you don't know and that sort of thing and in a different way. I mean, there's always that fear. You know, we had it with the Inhumans. Oh, no, I could be an Inhuman. Now it's Maze and LMD and you kind of get the reverse of that. So that's, that's an interesting way to to make – to tell that same – you know, tell that similar story again. Yeah, because they could turn this into a Hydra thing where who's right. Hydra, who's an LMD? But instead of turning into who's an LMD, they've turned it into I'm an LMD, you know, and right. Uh, you know, the kind of idea of I'm a sleeper agent, you know, for Hydra. And I didn't know it. Well, that's the kind of thing you got going on here that they I'm 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 very intrigued to see where this goes. 
And yes, I, I'm. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say it's far more interesting to me than an invasion of the body snatchers type of scenario, mm-hmm. where yeah. just oh, there's LMDs all over the place, and no, this is May Bot is going to have moments of discovery, and she's going to have you know moments of conflict and tension, and uh, it's going to it's it's going to be far more interesting to me than than like I said, an invasion of the body snatchers. I also well, hope that she maintains to be the only one. I don't want, uh, I, I don't want any more LMDs. <laughs> like let's have the Ada. I mean, you could replicate Ada's, I guess, until, you know, the cows come home, but let's have one LMD on the team and sort of until mm-hmm. we resolve it and figure out how to use them, you know, so we incorporate them into the new normal, but let's not have like LMD, May and then oh let's meet LMD Fitz. Here's Fitzbot here. Well, right. Fitz would be the one, the next one to go. I mean, he's the one who's visiting right. uh, Radcliffe all the time. He's the one who's talking to Radcliffe right. and yeah. Although they could do Simmons. So Simmons goes confronts Radcliffe about something and they replace her with an LMD and now suddenly she wants to work on things with with Fitz. But Oh dear. Uh, yeah. I, We'll see. Yeah, like we'll see. Unless they do it in such a way where it's not dumb. <laughs> Sorry. It's just yeah. it's it's interesting. It it's expands thing, but if as soon as you get into like I saw this show, you might have heard of it, Battlestar Galactica. Remember the fourth <laughs> season of Battlestar oh, Galactica? Yeah. It was a Cylon. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. Yeah, the fifth Cylon. Who was the fifth Cylon? And the and the producers didn't even know who the fifth Cylon was. They drew it out of a hat. Oh, I man. I don't want that. I am I never want... going to watch Battlestar Galactica again. That was some of the best television on TV. But the right. whole thing from episode one, the Cylons have a plan. And then you get to the end and you still don't know exactly what it was. So they do an episode, a special movie called The Plan. And we find out what's the plan that the Cylons have to kill humanity kill humanity that's the plan (laughs) step one kill humanity step two step three kill humanity yeah it just (laughs) come on man come on i i'm going to watch old 70s cheesy battlestar galactica far far more than i will ever watch the new one although i love the new one don't get me wrong it's just the ending that was not the end the ending is one of the worst i mean i i hate the ending sorry there's elements that i liked but yeah that's what that's what killed me is that this whole time what's the plan what's the plan what's the the plan is just do it (laughs) dude yeah okay Uh, yeah hey we we should uh we should go ahead and and get into some some uh intelligence reports here because we have a couple different emails and so what's you have any more final thoughts about the Patriot before we move on? Well, I was just going to say um, about May. What if instead of violently reacting and trying to take over the base, what if she quietly goes to Fitz and says, look what I found. Can he help me out? Because eventually that would lead to where's the real May. I would love to have this whole May thing turn out. I mean, there's still the idea that 
she's going to have to go after the Darkhold. But I, I would love to have it where she is going against programming because she wants to be good, you know, or she wants to do right and she wants to honor May's memories and personality imprint. I, right. I, I, I would love to see what you're saying there. Yeah. Absolutely. And it would definitely be a twist too, right? It's not I, – I want her to – every time we've seen one of these things that is, oh, I'm a sleeper agent. I don't know what to do. They keep it to themselves. I would love it to be where she goes, <laughs> Okay, I got a problem. Yeah. I got to fix it. <laughs> Who's going to yeah. help me fix it? Well, she is based on May. And so I think that she could go in that direction. And right. what I – I mean there's nothing new under the sun. And so a lot of things that you're going to see, you've seen before. And right. I've even seen this before where the, the double wants to do, you know, okay, I'm a double, but that doesn't mean I shouldn't go ahead and be the person that I think that I am or thought that I was. And it's just, how do they do it? it it's all in the how that makes it interesting and fun. Mm -hmm. and, right. You know. All right. Well, should we play the sounder and, and head into our, our, our uh, intelligence reports? Let's sure. do it. All right. Shield intelligence report. So, Samantha, Agent Lestew, we've got yes, three sir. emails and three agents. So what do you say? We, we do something about it, huh? Let's do it. Let's All do right. it. Who wants to read the first one, which is from Agent Rebecca? I will read it. All right. Hello, everyone. I apologize in advance for this being long-winded. To get right to it, was Mace's office seriously the best place they could come up with to hide the Darkhold? With the amount of secret hidden spaces we've seen in this base so far, you'd think there was somewhere else that would be a better hiding spot. And even if that was the best place, cloaking it was a good idea, but pile some stuff <laughs> on top of it for goodness sake. Why would Mace have an, a huge empty drawer right behind his chair? Sheesh. <laughs> On the subject of whether or not Coulson knows that Maybot is indeed Maybot, I think he either knows it is at least somewhat suspicious. When they were locked in the room, he broke the security camera so that Ada couldn't listen in on them and find out where the Darkhold was. After the power came back on, he and Maybot, in theory, went straight to Mace's office to secure the Darkhold, but found it already gone. Then went to find Ada and came upon her confrontation with Radcliffe and Fitz. Either that or they came upon the confrontation with on their way to Mace's office. After Mac kills Ada and people are making their way back to into the base, Coulson goes over Ada's body, picks up the Darkhold, and gets a thoughtful look on his face. I think he's realizing at that point that Ada was still able to overhear them somehow, or he's realizing they should have picked a better hiding spot because hiding it in Mace's office is so obvious. Maybe he just thinks that Ada hid a listening device on one of them before they woke up. Maybe he checked him, both himself and Maybot over for additional injuries and or listening devices and noticed something off about her. And seeing that Ada found the Darkhold cemented his suspicions that there was something going on between the two of them. Keep up the great work. Agent Rebecca. And... Yeah, I would hope he would put two and two together, 
but so far it doesn't seem like it. So, we shall see. And maybe she'll maybe she'll uh, confide in Colson. I mean, maybe. Fitz is a good idea because Fitz has the know-how, but Colson has the relationship. True. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Just as long as we do not see Colson and May in bed together while yeah. this is going on. Oh, as Maybot, no. Yeah. Yeah. no. Uh-huh. Um, I don't I'm think I don't think one. Maybot would do that because she, now, especially now that she's realizing she is not who she thinks she is. Unless she needs to get to something. Well, we'll hope the show doesn't just, go there. <laughs> oh, I yeah. hope so. Oh, because it, it to me, Colson and May, they're like brother and sister. It's just too weird. Yeah. yeah. Well, but we, we're calling them mom and dad, though. I mean, that's yeah. that is one of our identifying things. So, all right. Agent yeah. Kurt has an email. Uh, Stuart, you want to take that one? You said you sure. wanted to. So sure. I'm taking you Here at goes. your word. <clears throat> Evening, Director Ben, co-host and other fellow agents. Agent Kurt here to talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. again. It's nice to be sending in feedback for the first time in a long while. Even though AOS was pretty entertaining with the first few episodes with Ghost Rider and some interesting developments with the story and character, the show moved in a direction I expected it to from the time Ada came to the forefront of Season 4, and that is focus on robots turning evil and having life model decoys becoming the next phase of the show. I knew that Ada wouldn't stay on the side of our heroes for long, and I was hoping Max's rightful skepticism wouldn't come to pass. But of course it did, as we learned (laughs) that Ada has become self-aware once the Darkhold and has caused issues for our team. But what I didn't fully expect was that Ada was beheaded, (laughs) that it was Dr. Radcliffe behind everything, and that he sent that Ada model to retrieve the book for him as a test, but had the may lmd as a backup to get close to colson to eventually get the book later on i had a feeling that that might have some questionable motives (laughs) but for him to be lying to the team in quest for ultimate knowledge was pretty intriguing the other key element of this episode that i enjoyed was seeing senator nadir i knew she'd be a character to look out for and she's become more and more intriguing as time has progressed But this material with her brother has given her the most depth and development so far. It was great to see VJ out of his cocoon and interacting with his sister in a nostalgic manner. But it was also interesting to see her her betray him and get the watchdogs to kill him. I thought it was cool to see him convince her to keep him alive. But once he started showing off those powers, I knew his days were numbered. But to see Nadir shoot her brother and and throw him from that helicopter really reinforced her resolve about taking out Inhumans, even with her brother. Now I'm curious to see how, one, things play out with VJ now that he's in his cocoon again in the ocean, and two, what will happen between Coulson and LMD May. I have a feeling, and I'm troubled. <laughs> Kurt, you're not alone. Um, and three, how Nadir and the Watchdogs will advance with their inhuman plans. That's my thoughts for the time being. Hope all is well until next time. Agent Kurt out. Smiley face. All right. Yeah, I don't know how much to add to that because he pretty much says it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> so, but yeah, I, I do like the depth they've given Senator Nadir. That it's always good to give depth to your villain, but then to put her like make this part of her arc, killing her brother, or mm-hmm. supposedly killing her brother. Uh, he may not be dead. I mean, she did it, but he may not actually. She thinks. Yeah, she, she thinks she did it. She, the intention to murder was there, and right, and and that was a a great moment, a great storytelling moment, and yeah, it, it takes her and makes her something a little bit different and deeper. I think. Yeah, it's also nice to see them play against stereotype. I mean, she's she's got the look of the uh, like the Snooky from. Whatever that show is, Gilmore Girls. That... No, no, no. Snooki um, from uh, <laughs> Jersey, Jersey Shore. Shore. Yeah, she's got that. Oh, uh, of... I never watched that. Yeah, neither have I. But I've seen, you know, the internet. Yeah, she's she's like a a an older and and dignified Snooki. Right. So um, I mean, I, I don't get us wrong here, got... but yeah, I thought she was like more like an older be- bend it like Beckham. Which is the same actress from that mood movie. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> but but my point is that she's this she's this kind of younger ish young woman um, who's very evil, and it's nice to see that dichotomy. True. Yes. All right. Agent Dylan sent us an email that had his live reactions to the Patriots. And he said, agents, I thought I'd try live reactions again. Teaser. Judas Bullets? Also, did Mace stage this for his own ego? No, but but you know that now. And Stuart, not alone, thinking Judas Bullets. Act 1. Judas Bullets. Also, the incident. Please tell me I'm not the only one who thought Fitz and Radcliffe were talking about the Battle of New York at first. And You're not the only one. Act two. Act two. So, May's not in control of Maybot. Act three. Director Mace is that briefcase. Ah, so he's got the blues. Yeah. (laughs) Or he doesn't. (laughs) Not anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, he probably does now, but he didn't in the field. So, act four. When does this, pretending to still have your powers, ever work? Well, you're about to see in, in Act 5, but let's get there. Uh, Act 5, Ming-Na Wen doesn't slay dragons. They're her friends. Oh, cause she, oh that's in reference to something yeah. Radcliffe said, I think. Yeah, but she is... Um, she, that's for she's, Daniel. Yeah. Uh, and she's the I got it. I got it. I, got a Mul- I was going to get it. I was going to get it. She's Mulan, and, and she has a friendly little dragon that she, uh, that she hangs out with. Voiced and, by Eddie Murphy. Yes. Yeah, so that's that's where they were talking about, you know, give her dragons to slay. And he's like, no, I've got a, an idea. And then post credit. So now Maybot's aware. And indeed, she is Agent Dylan. So and then he re- signs off by saying Agent Dylan signing off, which <laughs> I made it redundant. But OK, whatever. So. OK. <laughs> yeah. So thank you, Agent Dylan. And yeah, I mean, the Judas bullets. I just didn't catch that. I just didn't catch it. I didn't either. So it's okay. All right. Well, that is that you guys have any other, uh, 
final words, I guess, because it's, it's time for, it's time for the final words. So if you have final words, now is the time. And the time is now for final words. It is. If you have final words for you to speak lastly. (laughs) Now would be the time. Now I've got no final words. Okay. Final words go. So I am just going to say, I want to tell everyone, hey, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you writing in. We appreciate you listening and writing in. We appreciate you listening and not writing in. Uh, There are some people uh, who, you know, I'm just going to say that uh, it's probably better that you don't write in uh, just because we want to protect our staff here at Welcome to Level 7. And you know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Daniel. Daniel, sir, with the possible exception of my mother, you are the single most intimidating person I've ever met. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five level 7 You can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash welcometolevel7 or connect with us on Twitter where we're level7pod. And remember, the 7 is spelled out. Our theme music is The Light Fantastic by J.S. Earls, and you can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. And once again, thanks for listening. So you want to talk about X-Men stuff? Because Yes. Um, we have from Hugh Jackman himself uh, a little bit more explanation about the movie Logan, which comes out in March. I uh, forget the date. Is it like the first weekend in March? I'm not sure. There are so many movies coming out in March. Wow. It's crazy month of movies. You know, it's really sad. This afternoon, I went to go see Rogue One again, and I was standing in the lobby staring at the Logan cutout that was in the lobby, and I cannot remember the date for the life of me. Well, it's March. Yeah, Something. But yeah, it's March. So, yeah. So the official synopsis, well, maybe not official, but no, I think it's official. But Hugh Jackman released or spoke about the how it is going to tie into... Um, some of the the old man Logan comic book stuff, right? Do you, do you but, have the link? Um, yeah, I can copy and send it to you. All right. Well, why don't you just tell us what it says and what you're thinking? Because you've now read Old Man Logan, is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I'm having difficulty trying to find... It's going to be very loose because the characters we've seen in the trailer don't all line up with the comic. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, So maybe a very loose telling. And there's a lot of stuff that has to do with MCU in the comic. But because of property rights, 
Fox doesn't have access to those characters. So I still don't know how they're they're really going to do much with it other than maybe the character of Logan himself and how he he's old and a man. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And for this, uh, I think we do need to talk about the synopsis of the comic. And it's uh, 50 years after something happened. And let's let's uh, we're going to spoil here. We're going to spoil the comic. And we're also going to spoil by going into the official synopsis of the movie. So be aware of that. And the date is March 3rd. So you're right. The first weekend of March. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So the comic book, go ahead. So the comic book, uh, old man, Logan, 50 years after something really terrible happens, um, the, um, Avengers are destroyed. The X-Men are destroyed all in one cataclysmic event. Uh, and, um, Logan Wolverine, well, Logan stops being Wolverine. He runs away. Um, and over a 50 year span, he gets married to a lovely lady and they have a couple of kids. Uh, and in that time, the United States is broken up into four kingdoms, uh, with a no man's land dead center. Um, and, um, Hawkeye shows up one day and says, hey, I got a job for you. Uh, I see you're behind on rent and the Banner Boys are going to come and destroy you if you don't pay your rent. Uh, And I can pay you a lot of money. They go run the job. Uh, You see a lot of characters show up. There are dinosaurs in this comic book. Yeah. Yeah. And and cannibalism. And I mean, there's just all sorts of nastiness in this book. Uh, it's, it's a rough, dark, dark, yeah, it's a, it's a dark read. Um, it's interesting and it's interesting to see the living characters, what they're up to. Um, this is, you know, there, there was a series called earth X that came out a long while ago. That was kind of the end of the, the Marvel universe. This is like that only like the worst possible, uh, (laughs) way that the Marvel universe could end with, people it's just a mess it's, it's just nasty it's... um and uh, wolverine is the most clint eastwood of of all wolverines that i've ever seen it's just that i get that vibe of from him of the tired um angry uh got a loner who just wants to be left alone and and can't right. and can't so yeah yeah this this story is definitely very much along the vibe of a western, which uh, means the ending is awful. Now, very this, hard. But this is the current Wolverine, the Wolverine in current day Marvel comics, because of the this universe mashing together uh, of multiple universes. Uh, this is this is the Wolverine that is in the X Men in the regular comic book universe is this old man Wolverine character. So I'm not sure how that fits. I'm not sure where in the timeline, you know, this, this happens. I'm not sure if it's the exact same Wolverine from that old man, Logan, or if it's a slightly different version who's similar or not, but yeah, this is current Wolverine. Um, I just watching the trailer. I'm like, where are they going with this movie? Where, (laughs) We just had that really optimistic ending to Days of Future Past, 
And now we get Professor X is dying. Logan is old and angry and doesn't care about anyone except for Professor X. And Johnny Cash is singing Hurt. <laughs> yeah. Though I am excited for it because I, I love me a Western. Doesn't matter if it's singing cowboys or everybody dies. I love me a Western. Um, but yeah, the synopsis is in the near future, a weary Logan cares for an ailing Professor X in a hideout on the Mexican border. But Logan's attempts to hide from the world and his legacy are upending when a young mutant arrives, being pursued by dark forces. That's not what happened in the comic. Nope. No. So. Inspired uh, by. Not adapted from, but inspired by. Right. Well, isn't that the entire Marvel movie legacy is inspired by, not adapted from? Yeah, so far. So far, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, Civil War did it. You couldn't, there's no way you're going to condense, what is it, 190 things? Way too many is whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the same thing yeah. with Days of Future Past. I mean, they took yeah. the idea and they changed it around a lot, so it was more about Wolverine um, than it was about Kitty Pride. Um, but it just—I love the tone of the trailer. I want to see the movie, but I really, honestly, I'm not a big fan of Old Man Logan. That 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 story arc, I, I it was interesting it was dark it was crazy it was just not the right kind of dark and crazy that i like so yeah um and you said we could spoil the comic book yeah it ends with logan going up or wolverine at this point because he's he's readapted that identity it ends with wolverine being I'm assuming swallowed whole by crazy Bruce Banner turned Hulk. (laughs) And all of a sudden the Hulk has a little indigestion. (laughs) It's gross. And it becomes very, um, the wolf ate the hunter in the little red riding hood and everybody's busting out. (laughs) It's very gross. I, I don't, I, I'm just going to spitball here. I don't see that happening. No. <laughs> I do see, I, I would be surprised, I would not be surprised if uh, they kill Logan and somehow he dies and, and, and that gives Hugh Jackman the chance to, you know, wrap up this character despite being in Deadpool too. Right. Yeah. We'll, we'll see about that, but um, yeah, yeah, it's very interesting because this could be the wrap up to the, the X-Men universe and, and allow them to, you know, start out fresh again, which I would love them to do. I'd love them to start fresh with the original five X-Men that I like and, you know, then build from there into some new stuff and a new Wolverine and, and do the, the giant size X-Men type of story where the, the original five become the mentors. And I, I think there's some neat stuff they could do just with the actual comics the, and the way that they, they did it in the actual comics. And yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm just really curious. Where can this go? Where can this go? 
And there will be some form of coverage of the movie. I am not sure what or who, but I mean, yeah, clearly, there's lots of lots of movies coming out this year. Oh my goodness! Yes. Oh, insane. I was just I was just listening to your other podcast, Strangers and Aliens, and you guys have so much to cover. So much. And we probably won't cover all of it because we we're not intended to be a, completely a movie podcast over there. So. <laughs> I mean, there's other things we do with, yeah. So okay. we'll see how it all turns out. But over here on Welcome to Level 7, we'll definitely be doing something about Logan around March 3rd. So mm-hmm. okay. watch for it. Because I will be or going listen. to the theater that weekend. I will. <laughs> I have no doubt. You bought the book. You read the book. So, yes. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks. I think it's time to shut this one down. What do you say? Thank you. All right. Thank you. Have a good evening because it's evening for us. But if you're listening right now, have a good whatever time period you're in. Mm -hmm. Bye. (laughs)